quick questions about Congress with Kilmer. Hi, this is Representative Derek Kilmer from Washington State's 6th District welcoming you back to my podcast called Quick Questions About Congress with Kilmer. Today I'm sitting down with Ted Deutsch from Florida's 21st Congressional District. Thanks for being with me. Uh, my pleasure. It's actually the 22nd Congressional oh, no. District. Oh. Did I get it wrong? And, oh, no. And I don't think you need to look at a sheet of paper to ask me questions, Derek. So Come on, I trust question. you. Yes. So here's the question. Yes. Um, tell me what is Florida's 22nd Congressional District? Uh, it's only the most beautiful congressional district in all of America. Go on. Tell me more. Uh, it stretches from the city of Fort Lauderdale with its 165 miles of canals and coastline uh, up the coast to Boca Raton, Florida. So it's Broward County and a little bit of Palm Beach County. And then it goes out to the fine communities of Coral Springs and Parkland with many communities in between. What if I came to visit your district? Tell me what the uh, what the um, what, what would I do as a tourist in your in your district? Well, you would absolutely go to the beach first and foremost, because it's beautiful. And you would come with your family, hopefully, because your kids would really love it. Yeah. Uh, you would um, You would also probably do some shopping in the district while you're there. You just want me to support. Exactly the, the right. You see right through me, but right. that's exactly that's cool. what I want I'm you right. to do. Um, and any great places to eat? Do you have like go-to you know, food when I come to Florida's 22nd district? Uh, there are incredible restaurants throughout the entire district. Uh-huh. Uh, I will. I would be happy to give you a very <laughs> long list. Um, so uh, I'm curious, what what brought you here? Um, what uh, what were you doing before this, and why'd you run for Congress? Uh, well, uh, I was in the state senate before I came here, but uh, I I've always loved politics, and and I was always involved in campaigns, and I I reached the point I was a lawyer and I was spending a lot of time working on campaigns and I thought one day I worked on presidential campaigns and I thought one day if my presidential candidate gets elected I might be able to go to Washington and do some public service uh-huh. and then a seat in the state senate opened up and nobody was willing to really jump in to run against the favorite I figured there are only 40 members of the Florida Senate big upside I'll take a flyer on it and that worked out Thought I'd do that for a little while and had no plans to come to Congress because my congressman at the time was both young and popular. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought he'd do it. He'd be in this seat for 30 years. But then he left to pursue another opportunity. And I jumped in. And that was in early 2010. And I can't believe the way it's worked out. And I feel really, really fortunate. How have you found it here? Uh, Well, it's very it's very different than my student government days in <laughs> elementary school yeah. and high school. Uh, I, he, he, the way that Congress works, as I'm sure you found, is that you've got to find things that you've got to find things that you care about, and you have to find people that you like, mm-hmm. and uh, and that combination is is enough to make the days here really successful. And for me, I spend a lot of time thinking, reminding myself that every day that I'm here, I have this really talented staff back home who spends literally every minute of their time trying to help my constituents uh, and trying to make their lives better and help them with Social Security issues and immigration issues and tax issues and stolen uh, identification. And we really impact people's lives and it feels good. Um, 
what what you said having something that you care about to work on. So tell me what you care about. What 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 kind of stuff do you work on uh, representing your district? Uh, well, I there are there's some local issues. The uh, port in Fort Lauderdale, big driver of economic opportunity, and so we're working hard to make sure that the port can expand. Uh, make sure that there's a growing technology community in in my district. Um, I work closely with uh, the nonprofit world on issues that are important to them. Um, so uh, they're the, all of the local issues. Yeah. Uh, but then there are the issues that my community wants me to stand up on. They they want me to be a, a leader on LGBT equality issues. They want me to be a leader on immigration issues. They understand the importance of foreign policy and the U.S. Israel relationship. So I, I focus a lot. On um, on those issues, but then there are the things that come up where you look for ways to get things done. That uh, I've been spending a lot of time on animal rights issues, which mm. is something that manages to bring together Democrats and Republicans. And really, mo oh, most important issue in my district right now is climate change and sea level rise. Yeah. And so I've worked with a Republican colleague of ours to start a. a Climate Solutions Caucus to talk bring about together that. I'm a I'm a proud member of the uh, congressional. Climate Solutions Caucus, Correct. Yeah. which has been nicknamed the Noah's Ark Caucus in part because of the fear of biblical floods, but also because you can only join in pairs, one Democrat and one Republican. Uh, those are exactly the reasons. Yeah. yeah. So tell, tell me about the caucus and what you're trying to get done with that. Well, it the whole idea here is that we want to provide uh, a, an opportunity for Democrats and Republicans to actually sit at the same table, which, as you know, doesn't always happen to have a meaningful conversation without name calling, which also doesn't always happen, <laughs> and to do it around an issue that affects literally every part of the country and the world. And so we've got members from South Florida and the Florida coast, all up the East Coast to New York, New Jersey, up into New England, because they're facing severe storms and hurricanes, and, uh, and they understand it. They've seen it. But then we have people from every other part of the country who are battling the worst wildfires of uh, in history or severe drought, all of the kinds of things that are a result of climate change. But instead of talking about climate change and and how it's been caused, where the science is clear, but that's mm -hmm. not a fruitful conversation, we're actually talking about ways that we can try to address it. And, uh, and I think it's a vitally important conversation and uh, the goal We've had some small legislative accomplishments, but the goal is to actually come up with a bipartisan agenda that, that might actually move us forward. And, and Derek, I just also point out, it's really, really important now because the, the White House has chosen to, to go in reverse and someone needs to step into that leadership role. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for uh, being one of those leaders to form that caucus. Thanks for being a part a of it. a lot of opportunity there. Uh, anything you, that surprised you when you got here um, or in the time you've been here? Uh, or anything you think would pr be particularly surprising to your constituents? Well, I, I, I came in a special election. Uh -huh. So as as you know, when you when you're elected in a November election, uh, you've, there's all all sorts of orientation uh, training sessions. You've got the one here and there's one in Williamsburg and there's one at Harvard. and They've got all these trainings. I had none of that. Right. I was elected on April 13th and I was sworn in two days later. <laughs> So I, I had no, I, I didn't know anything. All I knew is they gave me this little pin and said you could walk anywhere you want because they'll let you through because of the pin right. and figure it out on your own. So just a quick story. So I, I got here my first week and I was going, literally going through every door because I knew I could. Yeah. And I walked in, <laughs> I walked into one and then no one ever stopped me, which was great. And I walked into this one room and it was the cloak room, right? Yeah. So the, 
I, I which is the place where literally people would drop off their cloaks before going on the maybe stop at the spittoon before going out onto the right. floor to debate. Back in the day. Yeah. Not before now. the heavy issue the, the big weighty issues of the day. Now there are couches and some TVs and a snack bar and places for people to grab a meal in in the middle of a long series of votes. Um, I filed that away, thought this is good to know if I'm ever stuck down here. A couple weeks later, we were in a series of really uh, just a long vote series, dozens and dozens of amendments, and I was hungry, so I went into the cloakroom, and it looked different than the last time I was in the cloakroom. And I clearly had a puzzled look on my face, and the the uh, woman who was working behind the counter waved me over and she said, are you new? And I said, uh, I am. I took uh, Congressman Wexler's seat and I've been here a couple of weeks and I'm really proud to be here. And she said, hmm. And then she waved me in closer and closer until her face was really right next to mine so she could whisper. And she said, this is the Republican cloakroom. <laughs> so did I learn anything? Yes, I learned that in Congress, Democrats and Republicans have a hard time even standing next to each other to having a bowl of soup. Yes. And that's been something that I've been trying to, frankly, get over and find ways to bridge since I've been here. It's something that I know you're also committed to. Well, and I, I, I've noticed, you know, I've been in the Republican cloak, cloakroom a few times, and it's not all that different. Um, they the, eat, there's all, a lot more bacon. Have uh, you yeah, one, it always smells like bacon. There's um, a lot more <laughs> smoked meat. And uh, two, their TVs are on Fox News, and in the Democratic cloakroom, it's CNN or MSNBC. But other than that, it's pretty much the same, uh, right? It's true. Your when your predecessor was here, the TVs were always on the Tennis Channel. Uh, you, should, you should know. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, is there an issue that you think Congress ought to be focused on that it's not focused on? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's. This is the easiest question by far that that anyone ever asks, uh, especially today. I mean, today's the fifth anniversary of Sandy Hook, and and I can't believe that five years on, we've done nothing, zero, less less than nothing. Not only have we not not debated an advanced, meaningful, common sense gun safety legislation. Um, instead, we're talking about uh, concealed carry and making it the law of the land, and we're talking reciprocity for concealed carry, and we're talking about silencers and why we should deregulate silencers, and we can't even come together to outlaw the bump stock, the device that lets a semi-automatic rifle become a fully automatic killing machine. It, it's I don't, I, for the life of me, I can't understand it. It is not a Second Amendment issue. It's, a, it's become a political issue. It's painful. Um, I met recently with one of the, the Sandy Hook dads mm. um, and who, who struggles every like? day. Um, he, well, he came and left me a picture of, of his son, who's the cutest six-year-old kid that you've ever seen. And I, I mean, we're, we're both parents, and, and I, I, can't, I can't imagine anything worse and in that case, they're 26 and seven-year-old kids, babies, were dropped off at school and, and never came home. And, and I, um, the fact that we had to have a sit-in on the House floor just to be able to talk about gun safety and they didn't need to do something, I mean, is there something that we ought to be doing? Yes, that's it. And as far as I'm concerned, we ought to be staying here every single day until we do something, even the most basic step of requiring background checks for, for everyone who buys a gun um, 
let alone outlawing high-capacity magazines. There are a million things that we ought to be talking about. Instead, we're talking about none of them. Um, the uh, Well, I, I, I appreciate that comment. The, it's certainly something that comes up quite a lot, in um, I think, in all of our districts. I think I've been most um, disheartened by the fact that even the idea of having Congress set up a bipartisan commission to study the issue um, right. hasn't even gotten a hearing. I mean, that, that doesn't seem like that threatens, uh, you know, I mean, that doesn't hunt, that doesn't threaten the rights of responsible gun owners to set up a commission to study the issue. Um, but even that seems stuck in park. Right, and and well, the 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 precursor to that was the debate about um, the debate about the no fly list, right. and if you're deemed too dangerous to be on an airplane, then perhaps you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. I didn't think that was really a revolutionary idea, mm-hmm. and my Republican colleagues were uh, our Republican colleagues were pretty clear that a lot of them were okay with it, but they claimed at the time they had some. Uh, some due process concerns. So mm-hmm. I remember talking to the speaker at the White House picnic a couple of years ago. Look, if you're really committed to this, let's find 10 people to sit down and we can work this out. And there was there was no willingness to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Even even uh, coming together to have a conversation proved impossible. Um, I am curious. So we just finished votes. Um, on a traditional week, when we finish votes, uh, tell me what your commute looks like. When, so we gavel down at, we're recording this at 1230. Right. Um, what uh, what happens to you? <laughs> I turn when, into a pumpkin. Yeah, you uh, get on a plane. <laughs> uh, at what time? I do. Uh, so what time I, do you get home? Right. So I am, um, I always feel bad having this conversation. This is the part where as a Washington State member, it's my opportunity to dislike people from the East Coast. I know. Right. And I, I feel bad having this conversation I'm with you. I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, but on. happy to tell you, uh, I, I get on a plane uh, usually in the mid-afternoon. The fact is, again, I'm sorry to tell you, there are multiple options. <laughs> Flights into West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, uh, and Miami. And tonight I'm on a flight uh, that, that leaves late in the afternoon. I landed around seven. Uh, this I won't get home right away because my daughter is flying home from college and she gets right. in at seven thirty. So I'll wait for her, but uh, I'll be home by you know, probably nine o'clock. Most most flyout days, you're home for dinner. Uh, sometimes it's a late dinner, but okay. yes. And uh, do you do anything on the plane? Uh, do you work or watch I, a movie um, or? Uh, well, it, that's a really great question. Uh, on the way up here this week, because it's the holiday season, yeah. I forced myself to to not do any work and to watch a movie because I thought I deserved it. Yeah. Uh, but normally, Happy uh, Hanukkah. Uh, that thank, was your gift to yourself. Thank, that was yeah. my gift to myself. Normally, it's some combination of of uh, work. It's a great way to check emails. I try not to use the airplane Wi-Fi because yeah. that way there's uh, I'm frozen out from all communication so that I can focus on that. I check emails. Um, but I, I go back and forth. I listen to music. I listen to books. I listen to podcasts. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little bit of everything. Do you have a go-to podcast? Anything uh, I should be listening to? Uh, I happen to be a big fan of Bill Simmons. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know if you listen. Yeah, love him. Um, the perfect combination of sports and culture and Comedy. just generally yeah. cool things happening and a, a funny take on them. Um, and uh, I, I also listen to... Um, uh, what's the NPR one? How I built this? Hmm. I think it's called hmm. about uh, uh, 
people who who built built up their companies and how they did it and where they came from. I think that's I think it's one it's inspiring and two it's helpful for what we do especially. Um so I we we talked briefly about uh whether you watch any in-flight movies. Um I don't know if you know this about me. My very first job, Ted, was um working in something that no longer exists, a video store. Um and I got paid less than minimum wage, but I got free rentals. So I've seen like every 80s and early 90s era movie there. That's as great. Yeah. I always like to end this by getting a sense of, you know, maybe not your number one movie, but like give me like four or five of the Ted Deutsch uh, all-time favorite movies. <laughs> uh, well, it is the holiday season, yeah. and It's a Wonderful Life One clearly of my occupies uh, a spot near the top. Um, I, uh, I, listen, I love the Rocky series. Yeah. I love Rocky Two in particular. Um, Yes, it's one of my favorite. So it, it's Rocky a, doesn't really hold up though. If you watch it recently, no, it does hold up. I totally disagree uh, with you. It's really slow. I love it, but really slow. You mean number one? Number one. Okay, Rocky but the series better. is yeah. The and, series holds and up. And now that now all of a sudden there's, I think the new one is amazing, and they're yeah. making a part two of that. Creed two. Creed yeah. two. I'm very excited about. Um, love the Rocky series. I want uh, before you go yeah, on. Yeah. I do want you to know I got into a rather heated conversation with Ro Khanna. Yeah, uh, during this podcast uh-huh. about my discomfort with Rocky IV, um, largely the scene in which Apollo Creed is murdered in the ring. Yeah, and I get very upset about it because I really believe that the blood is on the hands of that referee who s- fails to stop the fight. <laughs> he's got one, he's got one job, and that is he- to protect boxer safety. Right. And this is the yeah. second time in a podcast I'm going to get upset about that ref. He he failed, and if only, <laughs> if only Derek, if only there were some way to have changed the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if only perhaps a director might have viewed yeah. it differently, but um, but it's the hand of God, and so is, what yeah. what are you gonna do? What are, any other favorites I should know? Anything uh, I should see that I haven't? Um, I I am um, you have a movie I, I watched again recently that I I love The Untouchables. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a favorite, and uh, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Woody Allen fan, too. Can I still say that? Uh, you can, yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Um, well, Manhattan, but I, or like old school, old not, school. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not the new. And anyhow, I love Hannah and her sisters. It's yeah. actually one of my favorites. Uh, and but I will tell you, last weekend, if I can just fast forward to where we are sure. today, um, uh, went to see the Disaster Artist. Oh yeah, is that good? Loved it. Okay, I had not seen the movie The Room. You probably have. I haven't seen it. Oh, all right. My chief uh, apparently has seen it somewhere around 10 yeah. times. Couldn't understand how I could find this new movie about the making of that movie funny if I hadn't seen that. Um, but it's great. I recommend it. Okay. Um, I that it, I finally got a good recommendation of something I have not seen. So uh, that and many other good things from Ted Deutsch, thank you for being with me from Florida's 22nd district. Thank you very much for having me, Derek.